Yo, what is up? This is History Buffs. My name's Pepper. Hey, I'm Phil. And this is the number one history podcast in Colombia. 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 What an interesting country. Nestled right between the country of Peru. Peru. Home of Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. Dude, my real quick. I don't want to fucking brag. I don't. I can't speak a bunch of Spanish, but my shit is pretty on point. I, my my life goal right now is to learn Spanish within the next twenty years, and I yeah. think that's an attainable to hold a conversation with a, a Peruvian or, or a Colombian. Or it's a crazy Venezuelan. how different how different it is from like Mexico to Puerto Rico to Colombia. Mm. Like it's the same as white people. With, like, American, Great Britain, and Australia. Like, it's just completely different flavors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like, no offense to those listening, I feel like the Mexican people, their dialect of the language is, like, the redneck white trash version Mm. of Uh, Latin America. Okay. Is that wrong to say? I feel like they would argue... With that. Oh, I'm sure they would. They're very proud people. But they're I also like... they're hilariously racist. You ever talk to a Mexican about just oh, any yeah. other dude, Mexicans will shit on Guatemalans so fucking hard. Because <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Guatemalans are they are Mexicans. You know? Pretty much. Pretty close. They're south and yeah, they fucking they hate everybody. Um they oh man. I mean, you know, maybe it's different. Um, other places, or maybe, maybe I just met accidentally met a bunch of racist Mexicans, but they do not like black people. The ones I've met are very oh against, yeah. You and I, I don't like that. I don't like that. I, like I wish that they either. would chill. Yeah. Well, it's tribalism. Tribalisms goes across all cultures, like like Asians. You know, Koreans and South Koreans hate Japanese. You know, yeah. Well, they have a pretty good reason. Yeah, the Japanese uh, did some bad things. Yeah, but, you know. they had a really bad run. That's, I mean, arguably unforgivable. <laughs> we need to we need to do more stuff. We need to shine more light on the Imperial Japanese. And you know, like I've said before, I don't have any problem with Jap- Japan now. They're fucking fine. Like they have cool cars, respectful. Yeah, sure, all that stuff. Like we have PlayStation Two. That's so fucking sick. Thank you. But, dude, back back in the early 1900s, they were some bad boys. They They did some horrific shit. Google Unit 731. Google it. Google the rape of Nanking. Google it. Just give it a look. And then you'll see, like, well, maybe the bombs were a good idea, you know? A lot of bad decisions in wartime. Uh, eras like it, it really didn't make a lot of good decisions. Very, very proud decisions, prideful decisions to die with honor. But in fact, of winning wars or strategy, not a lot of greatness going on there. They, they had some good, good periods there, good moments, but I don't know, man. Have you Let's seen see. the uh, the Napoleon movie trailer? I haven't. I haven't yet. Me neither. I can't wait. I we should watch it at the end of the episode. We we could do a live reaction oh, to the fucking could. 
Yeah. I've heard, I think it's coming out Thanksgiving. I've heard it looks sick as fuck. Ridley Scott yes, is directing that, it. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That and uh, Oppenheimer, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, haven't seen that yet. I did hear hilariously that there are multiple movie theaters that are doing a double feature of Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yep, I heard that too. <laughs> I was like, well, I mean, that's a whole day. You go through all the emotions, mm-hmm. all the thoughts in one day. That is a hard day. You got to go take a nap after that. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be tired after that. <sighs> Yeah, right, but that's well, not that's not what we're talking about today. Nope, we're talking sure about isn't. fucking Pablo Escobar. And real quick, maybe we should look it up. I don't fucking know, but I did listen to a podcast where a guy seemed like he spent a lot of time in Colombia. Granted, he was a white guy, so take this with a grain of salt. But he said Pablo Escobar. He said it with oh. like kind of a V. So, like that, you know. Fucking sue me if we're saying it wrong. Don't really, but we're just going to go Pablo Escobar because, you know, we're we're simple folk. So Pablo grew up pretty unspectacularly. Where, where was he born at? He was born on December 1st, 1949 in Rio Negro, Antioquia. Department. He was the third of seven children. Black grew River. Up in extreme poverty. Yeah. So in, in Colombia, they have departments. Like we have states. And then within those states, we have counties or, or sectors or regions or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Antioquia is one of 32 departments of Colombia. Okay. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. It's like Canadian provinces. Yeah. Because, uh, you know. And, oh, by the way, beautiful beautiful country oh my god beautiful like it, it's right beside this this huge mountain region that's a part of the andes mountains like, uh-huh. where they make the mints crazy pretty <laughs> i don't think that's where they make them and then he later relocated to to Medellin, which is a, a major major city You're, it's not Medellin. meta i'm sure it is i'm not colombian Man, yeah so. It's going to be tough, the pronunciations the, on yeah, here. Yeah, I pronounce. Yeah, I pronounce. But we are going to do our best to pronounce these words as, as we are native Colombians. I feel like I'm saying that like uh, Anna Navarro off of The View. Colombian. That uh, Cuban lady, that, that liberal Cuban lady. Anyway. That's another completely different style of Spanish. Cuban. Oh, yeah. she's uh, She's Cuban. So it's, it's similar to, to Colombia, might, I think. That might be my favorite Spanish dialect is Cuban because I could listen to those people talk for fucking hours. It's, I love it. It's hey, like my. a it's like a more intense. It's like a Spanish that punches you in the fucking face. Yeah. Rather than like uh, Mexicans is kind of flowy and it's almost like a, a dance. The Cuban, it's like it's a fucking fist fight. I love it. All right, so yeah, the boy. So his mom was what a school teacher. His mom was a school teacher. Father was a small farmer. Yeah, he grew up super poor of seven children. And uh, so, left high school uh, just before his seventeenth birthday. Returned two years later, but by this time he was running around committing small crimes throughout the and city. And so how how things worked? Um, it was kind of similar actually to 
like old English where <clears throat> there was a, f- a handful of super wealthy landowners that owned a shit ton of land. And then there was a lot of like sharecroppers and stuff that kind of um, worked the land and basically paid rent through working the re- the land. <clears throat> yep. And a lot of farm. That's what he grew up with. So he grew up where there was a t- there was a handful of rich people, and then everybody else was poor shit. So mm-hmm. he always wanted to be one of those rich dudes. He always looked at them and was like, "Why the fuck can't I have that house? Why the fuck are we in this yep. shitty house? And why can't I have that house?" And he started early, boy. Like he was like, you know, ten, twelve years old, coming up with little money making schemes. Um, he had a couple little small time things. Um, I can't remember specifically. Oh, he was stealing fruit. So he would like knock over a fruit cart. You know what a fruit cart is. It's a fruit oh yeah. Cart. I've seen those. And then they would steal the fruit and then go resell it mm. for like, you know, 75% off or whatever. Yep. Like he would just do little schemes like this. He was a, he was a crafty little son of a bitch and where he really started getting some traction at a certain time when he was operating in the 70s, stealing cars was like the most profitable crime you could be in. And he made it clear pretty pretty quick that he was somebody that was not to be fucked with. Um, he started off with violence and he got a reputation, a violent reputation very early. And he got to the point in stealing cars where he would send guys to the fucking car factory and they would be like, we're taking this car. And the people at the factory were like, no, you're not. It was like, Pablo said so. And they'd be like, oh, shit. All right. Yeah, take a car. That's good. So they would steal cars from the dealership with like the title and everything and go resell them to the point where like – and he would – he would also steal cars from the street and basically redo the title and in, in his name. And then so, so theoretically you could be hanging out get your car stolen and then go buy your car back from him. Like it was really bad back in the day. Two of my favorite uh, schemes that he did was he stole tombstones and grinded everything yes. off of them and sold them as new. What That's, a fucking cool idea. I mean, horrible for the people who got their shit stolen, but what a cool fucking <laughs> idea. Hey, I got your tombstones half off. Uh, and he also forged diplomas, which is pretty pretty. College cool. or high school? Both. Not sick. It's just honorary degrees. Yeah. And uh, then he got into violent crime, kidnapping, and held people for yeah. ransom, and you know maybe so, a couple people up. We're gonna so he he started importing contraband. He started importing all kinds of shit, like just whatever they couldn't get. in. if there was a market for it in Colombia and it wasn't allowed, he was bringing the shit in. And it was all kinds of stuff. They'd bring in like whole shipping containers full of shit. He started bringing in weed. Because everybody likes weed. There's a big market in America. Um, so he, he got pretty heavy into doing that. And then at some point, I want it might have been an American that had a conversation with him. But somebody was like, hey, um, there's this new shit called cocaine. Not really new, but it hadn't really 
had its come up yet. Um, and he was like, okay, so you can fit in this. Let's just say we have a, a one foot by one foot by one foot cube. He's like, so you can, you can fit $1,200 worth of weed in that cube. In that same cube, you can fit $50,000 worth of cocaine. So same, I mean, same area, a little bit heavier weight, but as far as trafficking goes, that's a no-brainer. It's like, would you rather make, it's literally as simple as, would you rather make $2,000 or $50,000? Like, just the density of cocaine was, it was just begging to be trafficked. Is incredible. Do you know um, anything about the process of making cocaine? Not Cocaina. really. I know it comes from the coca leaf. Yeah. So and there's a it. bush I don't know. that thrives in Bolivia, Peru, Colombia. And so w- what these guys do, it is backbreaking work. Like we should really respect these guys for the work they do. I saw a short documentary about uh, how to make cocaina. And so they go out, they pick these leaves. And there's dudes who all they do is fucking go out and pick leaves. Gotta, It's got to suck. But they're picking the shit out of these leaves, and they bring all the leaves back. And in the one that I saw, they had a wooden wall. So imagine a three-sided wall with the back open, and it's about probably eight feet tall. And it's just wood planks up the side of it. And they would push all the leaves into the corner of the wall. And then the dude had a weed eater. And he would use the weed eater to, like, shred up the leaves. And he would just keep shredding them up. He, he, he was basically like a glorified blender, just a dude with a weed eater shredding up the leaves. Huh. Then they would take those leaves and probably shred them up even more. And they would use um, ether, ideally. So ether is the best. So... They would use that ether to extract the cocaine out of the leaves. So the the chemical is a chemical process where the ether binds itself with the cocaine, pulls it out. So now you have an ether solution with cocaine in it. And then all you have to do after that is get the ether out. And you have pure cocaina. So it's crazy. a very simple chemical process. That's how, you know, that's fucking chemistry 101, brother. Well, I'm going to have to watch a video on that. Yeah, it's fucking cool. And um, so because they used ether, and that was the best chemical to extract the cocaina, um, instead of making cocaine super legal or anything like that, um, Bolivia made ether. Like, they just locked it the fuck down. Where, like, you had to have a license to get it. Like, they made it super, super hard to get ether. Um, So after that... It's kind of like uh, when they made that cough medicine or cold medicine illegal for making meth. Kind of a similar thing. Like, we're going to make it really hard for you. Uh, So they figured out you can also do it with gasoline. So, I I don't know if you... Have you ever done cocaine, Phil? No. Oh, okay. Well, sometimes you get... Okay. Well, sometimes you get some cocaine that kind of smells vaguely about gasoline. And that's the reason, because they made, you can't make gas illegal, 
Like, you can't really regulate who can and can't buy gas. So that's that's what was up with that. It's crazy, isn't it? So there's a whole, like, Bolivia, I believe, that's where, that's like the main hub of, like, where cocaine is made. Because the plant is just fucking everywhere. And it's a and renewable then, resource. Know, like, when you take these countries in, in South America and you combine with that the extreme poverty of these people and you see one country or one guy making just mountains and mountains of money, it's hard not to have mind-blowing levels of corruption and other people that say, hey, you know what? Fuck it. I've been poor my whole life. Obviously, all the criminals want in. They're already criminals. They they don't care. They're already going to do what's illegal to make extra money. But now you have all of the people that are in poverty, all the poor people saying, hey, I got six kids. I got this wife sick or struggling. I've been working. I'm tired of working these fields for nothing my whole life. Let me try this. And so of now course. everyone's involved in this trade. So you get you get Peru involved. You get Venezuela involved. You get some guys from Panama involved. You get some guys from Argentina involved. You get this whole network. And then he starts the Medellin Cartel. Medellin. Which is this Medellin. 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 Which was established in the early 1970s. So how that cartel came came together is you had Pablo Escobar who was a trafficker and all things illegal you had a bunch of different guys who were the head of their own smaller organizations and they were facing pressure from outsiders and the government want to shut them down so they decided to basically fucking uh power rangers shit and all jumped in a big robot thing and combined forces. And they realized that instead of fighting each other, they would combine forces and they would be stronger than... And they ended up being stronger than, like, the Colombian military. Like, they're like, hey, there's enough to go around and we can all help each other. So that's how that worked. Yeah, and things got intense when the disco scenes of Miami and New York mainly... Uh, started popping up in the early 70s, uh, mostly by a hit group known as the Bee Gees. Really? She, the, yes. Well, that they were just the big musical artist of the thing. Sure. And, and, it, and it roped a little, like, hey, this, this guy sounds good. He's got a nice high voice. I like his Makes pants. Makes me want to do uh, some cocaine. Uh, I like I like uh, uh, you know porno. Everybody's doing porno and everybody's doing cocaine. Everybody's having sex in the club. Everybody. It was cool to do cocaine. Cocaine was like is like cigarettes were in the nineties. Yeah, if that makes sense. It like, it, it became cool. it started off kind of like as an elitist thing, where it was like if you were a motherfucker that had money and you liked to party, you had a ton of cocaine. Like you had to. It was like yeah, I have a Lamborghini. I have you know, a thousand dollar suit. I also have two ounces of cocaine in my pocket. It was just it, like, it was almost like an, an, an accessory. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of want to try, I kind of want to do some cocaine and listen to some disco now. I've never tried that. I've never tried to listen to <laughs> disco specifically. I wonder if it like unlocks a thing in your brain. Maybe. 
Maybe you might. If, might, if might anybody right, knows like a good, safe, clean way to buy some cocaine, hit me up. Maybe, uh, but one of the reasons that the the money was so huge for the Colombians was you got to realize in the United States, only like wealthier people in new in the cities, New York City, Miami, L.A in the party scene are paying top dollar for cocaine. And you got to remember, even today, today, if you go to Columbia, beer is 25, 50 cents. Yeah. Uh, A night in a hotel is eight bucks. You know, the, the, the difference between uh, money conversion is insane. And it was even more insane back then. So $20 American was a good week's like two a, weeks pay like a hundred bucks or something yeah yeah to a Colombian like it, it's insane so that money basically multiplied for them yeah so they would get a hundred American dollars and exchange it for you know whatever the denomination of Colombian uh, pesos was cop also so I heard I I don't remember if I'm misremembering this but I think like Coke was even super expensive back then. I want to say, so I think Coke is like 80 bucks a gram or so now. Uh, I don't fucking know. I haven't bought Coke in fucking forever. Um, but I want to say back then it was like <clears throat> similar price. Like it was like right there. And that's like 80 bucks in 1979 money. That's insane. That's probably like 200 bucks. Maybe yeah. more than that. Yeah. So you can imagine the wealth that, that we're going to go over that, that Pablo uh, gained doing this as being yeah, the number one kingpin. I didn't think kingpin. about that. I didn't think about that because, you know, let's say he had $2 billion. And, like, if he wanted to build the nicest house in the entire country, it would be, like, $5 million. Like, he could just do insane shit. Right. And he did. He absolutely did. He built several houses, gave away houses. I mean, we can go all into the, to the good things he did. And, and by the way, he was an, in my opinion, in my opinion, except for the people that he murdered, he was absolutely the best thing to happen to the Colombian people in that okay. timeline from the seventies to the late eighties. Do you take into account, thing. do you take into account, uh, intent? No, I take into the account of the average poor family that's working their ass off, barely making ends meet, and he gives them a house or he gives them money or he gives them a mansion to stay in to watch over his money. Like, There's a lot of people who believe that all his philanthropy and archuism was all politically motivated. He wanted to do – he wanted to give the poor people shit basically so he won their vote. I think he – I think he saw big picture shit, and I absolutely think that his end goal was president of Colombia. I agree, I agree. But nonetheless, look at what came out of it. Sure, he built he built hundreds, if not thousands, of free houses sure. for the lowest okay. income. Okay. okay, okay, but here, okay, if let's just say in a completely separate universe. That's completely abstract from this universe. Um, you're extremely poor. You're living in Section 8 ho- housing. It's horrible. And um, 
Jeffrey Epstein builds a bunch of new houses by you and basically like, hey, anybody who needs a home, here's some keys. Would you live in the house? Yeah. All right. Well, there goes that five-minute discussion. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but when these th- when this thing started heating up, uh, because he made his first million in 1972. Okay, let's keep the timeline. That's crazy. Uh, uh, first million in 1972. Uh, in 1973, uh, President Richard Nixon uh, created the DEA, or IE, Drug Enforcement Agency. You and know any like, DEA hey, agents? No. So in the Patreon, I was talking about uh, the only old Italian man that I've ever ate food from. So his son, my friend's dad, was like big shit in the DEA. He was a very decorated uh, guy in the Navy. And then basically after he got out of the Navy, he went into the DEA. And he was a guy, he was in the middle. I think maybe his time was a little bit past Escobar. But I do know that he was in South America blowing up cocaine manufacturing facilities like at probably in the 90s so he was in this shit mm-hmm. and now well i don't know about now he i guarantee you retired but at, at some time he was the head of the dea in the entire southeast united states like he was big shit and man hearing how much those dudes fucking hated drugs you know ironically i haven't said yeah, I'm not being stu- too specific where people could look this guy up, right? No. Yeah, probably so. Never mind. So a different guy, completely unrelated, that also hated drugs, not this guy. Not the DEA guy. Completely guy, completely unrelated to this guy. Just another guy that I know that hates drugs. Ironically, his daughter, huge cokehead. Like, mm. d- does all the drugs. Coke. She's been addicted I know she's been like physically addicted to cocaine, heroin, and I think she still smokes like massive amounts of weed every day. So that's she sounds you know, fun. Check your kids out, man. If you're gonna be that hardcore against drugs, you know, maybe there's an adverse effect on your children. So just check it out. Look into it. That is ask true. questions. That is true. Drugs are bad unless you have self-control. Then drugs can be amazing. Yeah. We do not support the use of hard, damaging drugs on this podcast. We do, however, support uh, self-exploration through the use of psychedelics and natural remedies. Yeah. I think that's okay to say. And I think I think, I think, think most people can do cocaine like once or twice a year as a little treat. Mm-hmm. I agree. Go do that. Heroin, same way. If you just as long as you couple, know what it is, yeah, 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 you get it tested for sure, for sure. Hey, no, you, f- you no, not not like you know, you know it's cocaine. I mean, like you're a responsible adult, sure, you understand what you're doing, you have self discipline. But you, part you, you of realize that, realize I'm only this is my time to do it. Part of that is getting it tested though, because especially now, okay. man, like you gotta, you can mm. like there's fentanyl laced cocaine and shit yeah. everywhere. Like you got to be fucking careful if you're gonna be responsible. Like we're talking about, man. That's that's one step in it. Find a cop that you know personally that is not gonna fucking sit on you for doing drugs and ask him to test it for you. Don't do that. 
that works. I would not reckon. No. Nope. Okay. Doesn't I've work. done that. Mo- a lot of, uh, especially if you're not white like Pepper, don't do that. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm not going to say it's bad advice, but. You know what I wouldn't do if I had hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars like Pablo Escobar? I wouldn't build a zoo, which is exactly what he did because he had a fascination with exotic animals, mainly his favorite animal being that of a hippo. hippo. Was that his favorite or is that just the most famous one? No, that's his favorite. He loved hippos. He spent more time with his hippos. That's interesting. I don't know what you just said. But... He, uh, the problem is he bought a lot of these animals illegally and a lot of them weren't cared for very well because he didn't have a very good system. I mean, he's probably hiring like vagrants to, uh, yeah. run the zoo and they probably weren't like educated, you know, like, yeah, cause you, you know, at zoos, you got to somewhat have a little education about how to take care of these exotic animals. Like, you at least got to figure just, it out at some point. You can't just throw a watermelon yeah, in, in an elephant yeah, yeah, and be yeah, like, yeah. oh, he's good. For real, like if you dropped off a hippo at my house, I would yeah. have to like Google like what does a hippo eat? Right, like what the fuck? I don't know. Fucking, I, I watch those videos of watermelons where they eat the watermelons. Yeah, <laughs> can't can't be like, all they eat. Just throwing lettuce at them, be like, "What's up, buddy? Are you hungry? Yeah, you like meat? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that, but yeah, yeah. they didn't have Google back then, so it's like, are you gonna go get a book from the library about what hippos eat? Hilarious fact about these zoos that some of the hippos got out. Now, to this day, Colombia has a huge problem with wild hippos that yeah. aren't accustomed there to the land. There is a current day, there is a su- sustainable population of hippopotamuses, about 40 strong in in the rivers of Colombia. And they're, they're trying to fucking, like, they've, they've asked for help from, like, other countries and stuff to try to keep them in control. And they're doing a good job of keeping them in control because, I mean, that could – it could be thousands now. But they, they go through and they try to castrate the males. They try to keep it under control. Also, fun fact, hippo is the number one killer of humans. They will kill you immediately. In, no, in no the other continent, animal. In the continent it, of Africa. We don't know that. I think it's in the world. It's the number one killer of humans. It is the a hippo, hippo is the most as far as animal, animal attacks. Yes, you think hippo worldwide is number one? You know, snake bites is not near as high as you think it would be on that list. Really? I listened to a podcast. They're talking about uh, people who died from venomous snakes in Georgia. I think specifically. And they're like, yeah, it's been one guy for the past twenty years. It's like, yeah, you get you get sick, but like anti venom and shit is super good. I'm sorry, I take that back. I just Google. All right, it. hold on. Let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. It's not what you think it is. Well, hold on. I, I have that in mind. I'm trying to think. Hmm. Number one killer of humans worldwide animal. Correct. Uh, it's sort of an. It's it's not an animal. It's an insect. Oh, bees. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, fuck. That's that was a stupid guess. What is it? Mosquitoes. Oh, because of malaria. Yeah, dude, get the fuck out of here, dude. Here's the list. I don't know if I believe that's this stupid. It's I don't list. like that because you you can't have a mos- you can't die from a, a mosquito attack. 
725,000 are killed per year. And the helicopters in, I think it's Nairobi or Kenya or somewhere, uh, in that African festival, these helicopters just opened up all these bags as millions of mosquitoes. And they think they're trying to kill like all these thousands of people. It's on, yeah. it was on Twitter. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, humans kill 400,000 humans a year. All right. Uh, whatever. It's different. Snakes, Chicago. number three. Dogs, number four, because rabies. Oh, uh, true. And pit bulls. Assassin bugs coming in at number five. Chagas disease. What is that? It's a weird looking bug. Is it like a tick? Sort of. Yeah. It's a little four legged thing with a. Yeah. I don't like the disease thing. We're talking about animal attacks. That's true. Scorpion. Really? Crocodile. Elephant. And then hippo. And then lion. Damn. How many people do lions kill? Uh, On average, 200 a year. That's Mostly about what I thought. In the Philippines. Really? Wait, is it the Philippines? It's one of the Asian countries. Oh, India. Sorry. Oh. The, Are you the, sure that's not tigers? The Bengals. Same thing. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we, what we do well on this show is history. We not, generalize. Not the animal kingdom. True. But that was a fun little excursion into the animal kingdom. That was a fun little excursion in the animal kingdom. Damn, scorpions. How many people do scorpions kill? Uh, Let's see. I'm going to guess... I'm going to guess 1,200. 3,300. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I didn't even... If I die from a mosquito, I'm going to be pissed. Oh, dude. Yeah, I'm not going to... I don't want to go out like that. For sure. A little thing that I could slap to death. I'm not. I'm not going to your funeral, bro. Ninety-six percent of deaths in Africa are due to mo- no. I'm sorry. Ninety-six percent of the world's malaria cases, yes, from mosquitoes, are in Africa and nowhere else. I've I've also heard. I don't remember the number. But it's something crazy, dude. My bad, dude. This is like a this is a stupid ass Joe Rogan thing that I heard him say one time. But it's something crazy, like ten percent of the people that have died ever in human existence have died from malaria. That's crazy. It's something crazy like that. That's yeah. a tough way to go to. Crazy that we ha- sick. haven't really figured out malaria. It's kind of fucked up. Everybody's freaking out about AIDS. Everybody freaks out about tuberculosis, hepatitis, yeah, all these diseases, cancer, nothing. all this money. We need money, 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 money. But still, I, nobody's talking about malaria because it's not an issue here. Yeah, that's tough, man. And that cancer is a bitch, too, man. That, cancer's killing everybody. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's insane. Like, everyone knows see, a handful of people that have died from cancer. I'd love to see cancer rates in America versus, you know, some african countries like i i don't know i don't know if the if a ton of kenyans are dying from non-hodgkin's lymphoma yeah probably not but i i saw one i watch a lot of documentaries especially about like kenya and, and somalia and stuff and there was this old black man in a tent or a little shack and he was laying there sick and he had some disease that they didn't know what he had yeah. but he was sitting there with a bottle of dr tishner's and was sipping on it because that's the What's only that? thing they noted. Um, it's like, like you Pepto- know, like Bactine for your cuts. Yeah, it's like alcohol. It's like 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 
you clean your wounds with it, oh. and it stings. But you can drink it and get like wasted. It's oh. old school shit. When I yeah. when I climbed uh, power lines and we cut out on the poles, we climbed with the hooks. You know when you when you gaff your hook into the pole, it makes the that creosote would pop out like that. So when you fell down, you grabbed it with your forearm, and all the splinters went up in your forearm. And you get out, and that creosote would burn. And those dudes would try to teach you a lesson, old school dudes. They bring out Doctor Tishner's and pour it on there to kill all the germs and shit. And you talk about. Your arm is on fire, and you're just screaming. And I look back, and I was like, how is that, like, okay with OSHA and shit that these dudes did that to all yeah. the new guys? Like, that, like, if I was a safety that's a, guy, I would that's fire everyone. a pretty everyone. traumatic story. Hey, uh, yeah, real anyway. quick, speaking of OSHA, uh, if you're looking for a good Instagram account to follow, go check it out, OSHA Offender. It's a great Instagram account. Ooh. You might see some people die every once in a while, but it's pretty cool. All right, so, oh, Pablo... So Pablo yeah, is Yeah, let's talk about some of the ways he he got he he snuck the cocaine into the Americas. Let's talk about that. One one of the most genius ways I thought, even though it's kind of obvious, was nobody checks airplane tires. Oh, Too true. Much trouble. Yeah. You can't check the you can't mess with the integrity of a tire. So yeah. he put it in all of his tire all the tires and the airplane they checked out, it'd be good to go. And that was one of the ways he built a huge submarine that worked very well for a long time until they found it in a river somewhere, that, and it was full of cocaine. And then they took that. He bought an island right well, near I the Bahamas. I think it was, I think it was actually one of coast. his boys bought an island. But, yeah, they bought an island and just turned the whole thing into, into an airstrip. Had giant fuel tanks. Fucking awesome. Yep. Uh, most of the time it was boats. A lot of times it was planes. They had little prop planes. He, when he bought the island, he built a runway. He built warehouses, climate-controlled warehouses to keep all this shit in. So it was like a little base that no one could come into. It was insane, the the, the links that he went to, all the while uh, bribing and murdering people. Yeah, he had a, a thing. It was described as like silver or lead. So either I'm going to make you rich through bribes and, you know. Oh, sorry. I got a text. Uh, he'd make you rich through bribes and other shit, or he would fucking kill you. So it was it was really his way or the highway with a lot of shit. And he became very notorious for that. And people knew the deal. People knew, like, either you, if he wanted you to do something, either you did it, or you were going to be fucking gunned down. And their assassination technique is mainly they would send a dude. It would be like two dudes on a motorcycle, dude driving, dude in the back with an Uzi, and they would pull up to the car and just blast him. And there was I was listening to one podcast where there was a DEA guy that was driving home, and he heard a motor- motorcycle come up behind him with no lights on, and he was like, not today, motherfucker. And he just started oh. swerving his car left and right, left and right, <clears throat> and did some wild, evasive driving and fi- finally you know, got him off his ass. But he took down a lot of fucking people like that. They also did a fair amount of bombs, like pipe bombs, bigger bombs, car bombs. Like, they, they bombed some shit. 
Yes, uh, when he ran, when he was in Congress, because he he convinced all the people after giving yeah. them shit tons of money and houses and power, he ran for Congress uh, mainly to change the extradition laws, and even offered to pay off Colombia's entire debt, national debt, if they would change the extradition law. Now, if I'm Colombia, I'm like, uh, let's get this yeah. debt. You know what I mean? Like that's a yeah. huge thing. That's something to think he, about. He was he, he was going to personally pay off their debt. In Congress, the new Minister of Justice, Rodrigo Lara Bonilla, Bonilla had become Escobar's opponent. Laura Bonilla's uh, subordinates led the crusade of police investigation against him and eventually expelled him from Congress after tying him to drug cartels. Three months later, Laura Bonilla was found dead. <laughs> yeah. Nah, he killed the shit out of a couple of politicians. If anybody in the media or politically came out against him, I mean, they were dead man walking, and that's just what it was. Um, so yeah, he fucking he built his empire to massive heights where he had, you know, I think everybody's heard the uh, what's the the American pilot that was flying for him? The movie Blow was about like oh yeah, Johnny Depp, yeah, 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 yeah. You had all this shit going on. Um, it, there was times where they were so fucking balling, they would like just trash a plane. It's like, yeah, we got the coke, but you got to think, like, think about how much fucking coke you can fit on a plane. You could fit a few million dollars worth of coke on a plane. So the plane becomes expendable at that point. It's like, who gives a shit? Like he started well, let me out. Ask you. In the what? Oh, I was going to ask you if you want to be involved in a criminal criminal enterprise. Your kids, you want to send your kids to a private school so they'll stop getting bullied in the public school of the inner city uh, low income kids. Uh, your wife's struggling to make ends meet. Uh, you, you you suck at your job, but hey, you have a pilot's license. Do you know how much money you can make a day going I back and forth from Miami from Miami to Columbia? Do you know how much pilots were making up to five hundred thousand dollars? A trip. You know, I got an offer one a time. A trip. I got an offer one time, and I regret not doing it because I've always wanted to do it because I feel like I would be good at it. I got an offer one time to drive God knows what from God knows where to who gives a shit. I don't remember what it was, but I had an offer, and I was like, nah, it's too sketchy. But, dude, I think I would have been an incredible drug trafficker because I'm – yeah. expert at just pretending that whatever's in my car is not in my car. I've I've been pulled over with shit that would put me in prison for a good 10 years. And then, you know, you just don't... And also, you don't get pulled over. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah, I think I haven't been pulled over forever. Dude, I know a dude who he can't stop getting pulled over because he's fucking <laughs> retarded. He'll drive like 70 and a 45 with no seatbelt, with the fucking no taillights on and shit. And he's like, man, I keep, I keep getting pulled over. I don't know why. It's like, well, you keep giving them reasons to. Yeah. So and just, when, I'm, when I'm pulled over, I, I can't remember a time where they've ever searched my vehicle. Like, it's oh, never, never happened. If you, don't give them a reason to, if you don't give them a reason to search, they're not going to fucking search. So the odds it's of easy it. easy as that. It's, yeah, it's an odds game. And you don't. Yeah, you don't drive a hundred miles an hour down the fucking freeway 
with a sign on the side of your car that says, I am trafficking drugs. You just right. fucking just make a fucking Sunday drive. I feel like I'd be so good at it. And I also don't talk to anybody. I don't, right. I'm not a, I'm not a braggy guy. I wouldn't like run some drugs and go to the bar and be like, Hey guys, I just took a bunch of cocaine from Miami to Atlanta. Like well, I can think, keep of, my think about what, shot. think about what I do with the, with the band, dude, like we're in a shuttle bus, tinted windows. You know how well a shuttle bus blends in? No one pulls over a shuttle bus. What do you sure. think when you see a shuttle bus? You think a church or a school or something or an airport? Cult, That's it. Yeah. That's it. Like, our shit, nobody has seatbelts. Like, we're illegal as fuck. If somebody pulled... I'm not going to say that. There's, there, we've never even got looked at. I even ordered to ask me about uh, Jesus bumper sticker just to just to help the cause. You know? Yeah. That might help. Hopefully you don't get some atheist cop, some fucking, who's the, I don't know, who cares? Yeah, yeah but so, just to circle circle back around to uh, the numbers of killings, Escobar was responsible himself for killing about 4,000 people, including 200 judges, 1,000 uh, police, journalists, and government officials. Holy that was shit. a big one. So, you know, he, he was... Uh, he he was on the Americans' radar because of the sheer quantity that was coming into the country to America. Um, he was obviously on the – everybody in South America knew about him and wanted to get him. But where he really fucked up, this is – there's a clear line you can draw from this happening to his death. Um, he was trying to kill a politician who talked some shit about him. And he put a fucking bomb on a plane. He convinced some kid to carry a suitcase on the plane. He told the kid that it was a cassette tape recorder or something, and it would turn on in the middle of the flight, something like that. So the kid had no idea he was a suicide bomber. He confidently brought this fucking briefcase onto the plane, and he thought, oh, yeah, I'm about to do some spy shit. And they get to 30,000 feet, and the motherfucker explodes. And this is a like fully booked. It was like a hundred and thirty people or whatever. Like it was a it was a good flight. So here's the tough thing about that. Um, politician was not on the plane, so it was all innocent people. Every person who died had nothing to do with Pablo Escobar. It was a hundred percent innocent people. So here's the tough thing. Go look at the autopsies. And this is what really traumatized um, a lot of the people involved with this case. The cause of death for a lot of these people were blunt force trauma caused by impacting the ground from a 30,000-foot fall. It was not from anything. <sighs> so the explosion was big enough because you're in a pressurized tube in the sky. That's an airplane. If you add any extra pressure... It's going to pop like a fucking Pillsbury biscuit tube. Is that a good visual? Yeah. <laughs> so it's going to pop like a biscuit tube. And the explosion is not big enough to kill anybody, really. But obviously, you know, everything else is. So these people got blown up at 30,000 feet. And a lot of them were still in their seats and shit. And they fell 
all that way, totally conscious, totally understanding what was happening. And they all fucking died. Like, I mean, that's a hard way to die. Because you have so much time to understand your situation and realize what's coming up. That's nightmare shit. That is for real, for real nightmare shit. Like, falling from 30,000 feet, you can just see the ground getting closer and closer and closer. And you know the other fucked up thing? There was multiple people. So he blew it up over the over a city. Didn't even wait to, like, get to a remote place where, like, the falling pieces of plane wouldn't hurt anybody. He blew it up over a fucking city. And there was, I think, like, five or so people that died from plane parts raining down. It's fucked up. Like, that's... I don't care how you think you feel about Pablo Escobar. When you hear that he did that and you're still on board yep. with him, you can go fuck yep. yourself, dude. That's fucked up. Yep. He's a terrorist. That's exactly what he is. Yeah. And I heard uh, a quote a quote from one of the guys who hunted Pablo Escobar. He said, uh, Osama bin Laden was a fucking saint compared to Pablo Escobar. Think about that. And that's a guy who knows his shit. Now, he might be biased because he spent a lot more time on Pablo Escobar, but... When you look at the amount of deaths, the way in which he went about what he did, um, the way these people done, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't like the the plane bombing thing. What a, what a dumbass idea! Because with that much money, just just put a put a dollar amount on the guy's head. You're in Colombia, somebody will kill. Yeah, just put a dollar, like hire an assassin. And you know what's crazy? I heard the dollar amounts for some of these bounties. It was like a hundred, two hundred dollars. But wow. he knew <laughs> he knew his crowd. He knew that that was life changing money for a bunch of these poor kids. Yeah. So he'd be like, "Yeah, two hundred dollars yep, on this that, cop's uh, head." That plane bomb also killed three on the ground. Yeah, three. So one hundred and ten people total. Pretty terrible. Yeah, just but both that's ways. what led to his demise. That's what led yeah. to his demise because you're talking about you're talking about Bush Senior uh being in office and he's like, Oh, there was Americans on board? Yeah. Oh, you're that's fucked. where he, he fucked up. A, there were two people on up. board that had American passports. So now we just switched up jurisdictions. So now there were DA guys in Colombia that were working in conjunction with the Colombian government, but they, they were toothless. They couldn't fucking do anything. But now you kill some Americans, now we get directly involved. So now you're fucked. Because you can, you can fuck around with the Colombian government. You know, it's it's a bunch of jerk-offs who barely know what the fuck they're doing. Now you get the most powerful military, the most powerful three-letter three agencyed country in the world. Like, the resources of the CIA, the DEA, the FBI... You got all that shit on your back now, you're fucked. Nobody's getting away from that. Yeah, interesting. Uh, the lead assassin for the Medellina uh, cartel who orchestrated the plane bomb got 10 life sentences and is in Virginia at a federal penitentiary. You got to kill that guy. Yeah. You got to kill that guy. I don't know if you can execute extradition guys. I don't know. Absolutely you can. We do it all the time. But I mean, it's a max, max uh, security prison. But it's not a super max or anything. But but still, like shit. Well, if we know He's anybody in that prison, cars. don't kill that guy. 
Yeah, for sure. Go kill that guy on emails. We'll send you a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Pablo Escobar ended up getting the extradition laws changed. So, in a move, just a genius move, and he had been planning this shit for a long time. He built his own prison, which was better described as a... Oh, my God. I got the hiccups. Hold on. (laughs) He built a prison that was better described as a palace. And after the prison was done... Hold on. I'm waiting. There he goes. He turned himself into the authorities. And he was like, I'll turn myself in. Rule number one. Can't be extradited to the U.S., obviously. I made that law. Rule number two, you jail me in my prison. And they're like, bet. So they were just like, well, we fucking got the guy. Like, we arrested him. But so that that also made him completely untouchable to the Americans. But the prison was built in such a way he could leave and come whenever he wanted to. He had, like, a discotheque in the prison. He had all, like, these crazy amenities in the prison. Football field, jacuzzi, waterfall. (laughs) Yeah. Like, he could do whatever he wanted to. And he he also had phones. So he, he still ran his empire from the prison. You know, he's not a boots on the ground guy anyways. So he's just taking phone calls. Phone calls and, you know, doing shit like that. He had people... He had a guy... I can't remember who it was. Rest in, rest in peace. Apologies for not remembering name. He had a guy brought to the prison, k- tortured and killed in the prison. Like, Whoa. it changed nothing. It was literally just a different house. Um, he had a doll, a giant playhouse for his daughter built. Um, it was insane. And then... At some point, I don't remember what happened, but the Colombians were like, all right, enough of this shit. Cut the shit. We're going to come get your ass. So they raided the prison, got into a shootout with Pablo's guys, and they didn't know that Pablo Escobar built a a ton of ways out. So I've heard two conflicting stories. I heard one where he went through a tunnel to get out of the prison. I heard another one where he built one specific wall with like super weak mortar to where you could could just kick it down and walk out the fucking wall. But either way, he got the fuck out and was like, peace. And that's when (laughs) shit really escalated. And that's when he was like, shit, well, they're really on my ass now. Um... I'm going to get my family and I'm going to fly them to a place that doesn't have any U.S. extradition laws. So he put his family on a plane to Frankfurt, Germany, and they got to Germany. And the Germans were like, uh, absolutely not. We're not. We're not fucking doing this. You're going back to Colombia. So they went back to Colombia. <clears throat> and then they were, you know. Blah, blah, blah. And what actually got him caught was they were they were tracing the phone calls. So whenever he would call, like just like in the movies, they would be like, oh, 
if if I keep this phone call under three minutes, then you can't track me. Apparently, that's actually how it was. So he would keep his phone calls short with his wife and kids, and he would call them all the fucking time. But this event with the German thing infuriated him so much that he had a long phone call with his wife wife and kids, and they could successfully triangulate his location. <clears throat> That's when they showed up, and he jumped out of the window onto the roof, and they sh- shot his ass. There's rumors that he shot himself. That's bullshit. There's no way this guy... No, no I don't think not. Th- This guy would never give up. Just knowing what I know about him, there's no way he shot himself. But he did get shot in the side of the head. Side of the head, and he's dead as shit. And whenever the officer got to him and positively identified him, he said, uh, Viva Colombia, Pablo Escobar is dead. Yeah. I feel like when I have hiccups, I feel like one of those cartoon characters gets drunk. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, you know, they didn't plan on... Uh, obviously, if I'm going to build a prison, I'm going to build a tunnel pre-dug so I can get out if uh, things went awry. And with Pablo Escobar, like, can you imagine the paranoia one would have with running an operation like this? I mean, all it takes is for your right-hand man to raise a pistol, shoot you in the head, and say, I'm in control now, or I'm going to take this billion dollars away from you. It's Colombia. You're dealing with extreme poverty. You're dealing with people with families that are absolutely suffering due to the government and the lack of jobs. I mean, you got to remember, the main export in Colombia before cocaine and marijuana was coffee and and bananas. So if you weren't in the coffee and banana game or you didn't own some land where you farmed, you ate shit. And the paranoia he must have had for people around him trying to take him down must have been absolutely incredible. Even with his 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 closest confidants. I mean, like if you have a billion dollars and I got a hundred dollars in my account. What's stopping me from just popping you in the head real quick? You know what I mean? And taking a few million. Uh, it, it would be so easy. Did you talk and about... you probably wouldn't get, get, wouldn't get prosecuted. Yeah. Did you talk about like how much money he had and the issue with having that much money? Yeah. So at his peak, he had about $30 billion. That's how much... Estimated. Nobody, knows, nobody yeah. knows for sure. You're talking about he was making... I think the number was 260 or 260 million dollars a month, 66 million dollars a week. Crazy money. Right? And it was all cash. All cash. And they spent he spent $2500 a month famously on rubber bands. Yeah. Uh they they spent tens of thousands of dollars paying people to to organize the money and count the money. They spent crazy money on mansions and gave it to poor people in Colombia to live in them. Uh, famously, they had a one one mansion where they had a jacuzzi that that you could remove. You drain the water and it collapsed, and you could remove it. And they kept twenty million under the jacuzzi. 
he lost up to about two point one billion dollars to rats. There's because no he way. kept it all in the in the walls and the rats ate it. No he way. He buried it. He buried a shit ton in his yard. He hid it in elaborate places around Columbia and his residences. Uh, a lot of which people still today there's a lot unaccounted for that that they're still looking for. He famously burnt up to two million dollars to keep when he was hiding out with his family to keep his his daughter warm because she was sick. Crazy amounts of money. Just yeah. insane amounts. Of yeah, listening to the podcast with the uh, the cop who was like the the head of the DEA in Colombia, like when they got him, it was like what it sounded like. He was like, "Yeah, fuck my like fuck my wedding, fuck my firstborn child. This was the greatest moment of my life." Like he was so jazzed on this shit, and they because he this specific dude because he got so many death threats, obviously, and. Um, because it was so dangerous, the DEA tried to pull him out like multiple, multiple times, but he was like, no, my life mission is to fucking get Pablo Escobar and they, they fucking got him, man. So just a word to the wise, man, don't piss off the U S cause we will fucking kill you. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that's the moral of the story. Anytime in history that, well, not every time, but. Most of the time, when when you blatantly kill some Americans, that's the beginning of the end for you. We will uh, get our America, man. America doesn't play that shit, even though Osama bin Laden, say what you want. He might be in Argentina somewhere, like, fishing out of a stream. We don't know for sure. I don't know. I didn't see the body. I didn't see the I body. I didn't see okay? it either. I'm just asking questions. You'd think some shit would show up Ventura. on 4chan or something. Yeah, that's true. Jesse it's Ventura weird. don't believe he's dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, once you once you think about it for more than fifteen seconds, you know, you got some kind of like the the Stephen Paddock thing. You ever look into the Stephen Paddock thing? No, I don't know what that is. It's just so many questions. The Vegas shooting. Oh yeah, we're no one's talking about that. Everybody brings up all the school shootings. Nobody talks about that. Yeah, that was a wild story. It's just weird, and I don't. I, I wasn't there. I don't know who's telling the truth, but there's a lot of weird shit. And it seems like they're just kind of like, yeah, it was just this fucking weird guy. Crazy, right? All right, let's go. What's next? Yeah, just I look like in, that. Look into that. I don't know. Yeah, there's got to be something. All right, well, I apologize for having the hiccups. This is... <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I don't know... How to stop it. it. it you want to try to These scare me? These things happen. Ah. Ah, shit. Fucking <laughs> no, it didn't. no, it didn't work. God damn it. I don't know. If anybody has any cures for hiccups, holler at me, I guess. Yeah, and also sign up for Patreon. It's only a dollar. Yeah. If you're not on Patreon, what are you doing? It's History fucking sick. Two, two, We're going to have a Zoom meetup uh, pretty soon. <sighs> I I feel stupid even hiccuping. Yeah. We're gonna do a Zoom meetup with all of our Patreon guys. If you want to get in on that, you better pay your buck. It's only a buck, guys. Seriously, and when you hit when you hit twenty bucks, we send you thirty dollars worth of swag. Like it's a great deal. There's no better deal on Patreon than what what we're doing for you. And you get a bonus episode every single week, unless I am violently vomiting. Then it might be delayed a few days. But you know what? That's just a small price to pay for me surviving. 
Yeah. Thank you for your service, Phil. I'm glad you survived, and I'm glad you're so dedicated to this show. Yeah, and I'm losing weight. You know, because I said I would do anything to lose some weight before I went to Aruba and took pictures with my shirt off. True. So maybe that's like God's way of telling me, like, here you go. Yeah. Every once in a while, <laughs> you know, God <laughs> closes the door, opens a window, dude. You found a window. That's true, and instead of chugging beers all night like I usually do on this podcast, I've been drinking water and Gatorade and ate almost. I ate, I ate a piece of pizza earlier, but that's about it. Like I haven't eaten shit in two days. Yeah, I can't physically tell that you're any skinnier, but I bet if I saw you in person, I'd be able to tell. I don't know. I threw up a lot. It was bad. Well, uh, make sure you keep track of what you're eating and don't uh, get violent food poisoning because that's not good. But other than that. Oh, I'm being uh, very cautious now, especially in Aruba. Like, cook that shit, bitch. Oh, yeah, for real. No, I don't want draft beer. I want the bottle. (laughs) Well, everybody have a blessed day, and we'll see you later. Thank you for listening.